So we are back on overtime. We're not even going to stop. Just get, we'll, <laughs> we'll dice that minute. up. We'll, you know, it's like uh, Jay. You know, you know, what we're going to say we'll take care of that in post. <laughs> we'll get that. How, so, how so, so that say? We'll so, I, so I have a question. So here's my premise: If you can say no, because we can edit that out. No, that's uh, stupid. So I would like for you to give me an, a concern or an issue that you have in your part of the industry. And then a solution. Be like, you know what? Here's one thing that frustrates me about what homeowners are doing or what what we're doing. And here's what I think we should do. Is my premise as part of our overtime. Uh, you know, you each get your little tiny soapbox with it. Actually, here's what we uh, the the answer to that. So, uh, anybody dying to uh, tell us what's really we don't think is going well in our industry and how we should fix it. And I like you adding the solution part because then it's not just whining. I That's tend right. to just whine. I don't really yeah. offer solutions. Come to us okay. with a solution. So I whine, then dine. Okay. Thanks for speaking up first, Jay. You are it. What do you got? <clears throat> um, the, uh, the question was, what, uh, what am I, what's my big issue and how would I fix it? Yeah. In the industry? Um, yeah, I would say that uh, the, if the a value to be able to monetize um, health issues really is the thing. And I think that... Um, I think that right now, many people are being motivated by fear, by, you know, emotion and generally people are, um, uh, but once that wears off, where are we at? Um, so it, it, I think the, 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 if we want to see change in the industry, we need to have, people need to be able to say if, you know, that uh, this is going to save me this amount of money, especially when we're talking about, um, when we're talking about resiliency of uh, of every uh, economic resiliency of of entire cities, communities, things like that, when we start talking about um, how that really affects, um, you know, if, if the rich people could figure out how much less taxes they would have to pay if poor people didn't get sick all the time from their homes, um, I think that would make a big difference. <laughs> okay, so let us follow up. So that's a, a, a half solution. So what, what, what is something that you think that CETA or Illinois could do to be like, you know what, here's what we need to do to figure out what that data is or what kind of solutions those actually take? How is it that we convince health people that this actually is something? Did you have a couple of two things to be like, well, if we did this and this, what well, we would get somewhere? I think, you know, I don't know. It's a good question. I think sometimes, you know, what we've talked about in the free market, um, or in, in the uh, in the in the private sector in the public sector, sometimes it's about convincing uh, politicians that it's that it's uh, that it can be good for them, and then oftentimes they're going to spread the the message. Um, so you know, sometimes the tail does wag the dog in our sense, um, similar to what I think uh, Doug had mentioned earlier about. Um, you know about uh, their his his market being driven. Uh, or, or I'm sorry, John mentioned earlier about contractors coming to class. Well, I wonder sometimes are those contractors just guessing that that's going to make them money, or is it that they already are making money? Is it the market, or is it, or is it the consumer that's driving those contractors to go, or are the contractors driving it? And if the contract, but does it matter? 
will the contractors take those glasses and then go back out to market and start selling it and start proselytizing. So in our section, the, the, the analogy is for me is, is if we can get the politics, if we can get politicians to, 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 uh, to, to uh, understand it and get bought into it, then will they proselytize it and advertise on it uh, to, for reelection and, and, and spread that word to the people? I think, I think so. Great. Thanks, Jay. Uh, Bill, how about you? I'm going to have to do two. And, and so the, the, the first one is what, what I see a lot of, especially on the internet right now, is there are a lot of, and no names mentioned, uh, new build stuff putting in, and I'm going to use the example of the Nano wall, those nice glass doors and things. That's what's getting all the hits on the internet. And yet there's a whole bunch of people out there that can't afford a Nano wall, a nice fancy glass folding door. And I'd like to see more emphasis put on it as, as us as information providers to be able to say, you don't have to have a Nano wall to be able to make your house more comfortable, durable, efficient, healthy, and good occupant health. And so to do a better job of getting that information out there, I think we need to do that in, in new construction and, and in regular construction. And then the other thing I think, and so the solution there is just to do a better job of training. You know, and we've got a perfect opportunity with whether it's be Zoom or YouTube or whatever to get that information out there and spread it out to say, it's okay. The other thing is I think that I run into a lot of contractors who are resistant and I'm working on projects right now that they're saying, well, we don't need to do that. Or the best example is that's not the way we've always done it. And somehow, not, not somehow, to find a way to show them. And it's by hands-on example. I saw a session earlier on today about using a particular product and the contractor didn't want to use it. Somebody provided it to them and they used it. So I think that the solution there is to just do a better job of showing contractors that the way they used to always do it. It's not the way we should keep doing it. On that side note, um, you could look up Bill Robinson and find amazing training on how to install a variety of stuff. Bill's been very involved in JLC, not, not actually John Mitchell's company, but uh, in a variety of other stuff. So Bill does step up to say, I'm going to commit my time to making sure that others know how to do it right. So well done, Bill. I appreciate all that you've done for our industry. So thank you. Thanks, Joe. Uh, Kelly, what do you got for us? Uh, so I was I was having a hard time coming up with something, but something Bill said reminded me. Um, you know, we before we started, I think, or you started us off by saying the thing about windows, and like everybody knows they need new windows. Even my aunt and uncle who live in a hundred-year-old farmhouse with zero insulation in the attic know they need new windows. Um, so I think what we could do for our industry is some kind of like national public service announcement or educational um, campaign to get regular homeowners, um, people who live in their homes to understand that it's not just about the things you can see on your house, but there are these other kind of, we need to make the invisible visible to them somehow. Because I think until regular, just the regular public starts to value this, then they aren't going to, you know, they aren't going to invest in it and our industry will never have the reach that we need to have to fix all the existing buildings that are already there, not even talking about new construction. I think um, somebody had a really cool idea, I want to say like 15 years ago about having a similar to the victory gardens approach of like, you know, be a patriot, get your home weatherized and then have like some yard sign of I've, I've done my thing, but that's, that's one thing I think would be good. Excellent. Thank you, Kelly. Uh, John, um, do you have something that's not educational or training? Um, and if so, if you do, that's okay. No, no. I mean, you can skip me if you want, because it's pretty much a tie of what uh, Bill and uh, Kelly were both saying about 
getting these customers out there, getting everybody, you know, incentivized for this. Um, the only other thing I was going to offer for the education part, because that's the way I think, um, is the level of our education we have for our, our people who are working in the industry. Um, I see a lot of people who go through one set of training, they pass it without a problem. They go to the next set of training and they expect to pass it, but they fail miserably because they're not paying attention to the small details of the first training they did. They forget about it. They become contaminated with the industry they're working in rather than on the science. So the, my biggest thing is educating in greater depth, like moving someone into healthy homes. It takes a, it's a different mindset and a totally different training skill than it is to get someone in just building science. Getting them the different level of knowledge is, is critical. The same with the homeowners. If they're educated on what's going to be happening to their home, it's going to be a better project. So mine's all about the education. Sorry about that, Joe. That's okay. But no, it's a fundamental uh, challenge that we all have in all industries, no matter what it is. It could be plumbing, HVAC. Um, if the challenge is not just to educate that installer, but how can that installer or that person who's at the house communicate that to the client effectively to say, you know what, here's why we think you should be installing this. It isn't because it costs $70 more or $700 more. It's because we think it's a value for your family. When they can communicate that, now they have an emotional connection and now they're able to relate why this is a benefit. So uh, I do agree that it isn't just technical training, it's actually how to give across an emotional relationship uh, to your clients. Yeah. Yep. I think there should be a class on to show technicians how to talk to people and what about the appropriate way of, of introducing something for their home. Um, yeah, so Jay West and I have done a lot of training. And the one thing we always realize is that we never have enough time to do that part of the training. We're always there to teach people how to do a blower door test, but we don't teach them how to communicate what that blower door test is doing for the house. So uh, Jay has been an advocate as to how do you communicate the skill behind communicating what the thing is doing. So, And by the way, you did a beautiful job with the healthy home thing, with the open question, closed question, commonalities. It, that's probably the most, one of the most interesting parts of that training. The guys love that because they're like, oh, okay. So I shouldn't call this guy stupid. No, he's a very nice guy. You, it, doesn't, you know, it doesn't really yeah. get you very far with people. You start out by telling them they're stupid. They, they usually tend to be a little closed-minded on anything yeah. else you have to say. So, it's okay to that. say that I, sometimes I come across as stupid. That yeah. now you've actually established that this person must be smarter than me. So it was right. six words, right? I didn't say you were stupid. I didn't say you <laughs> were stupid. I didn't say you were stupid. <laughs> yeah. Jay, what do you got for us? <clears throat> I don't know, I think you said it well. No, no, no. Tell me. So, so what's the one thing that you would hope that CETA would be like, you know what? Mm. You know what? I've been har harping at CETA to do this. You know what? And I'm really hoping that maybe if they see this recording. You're trying to put his career on the line here. Wait a second. Maybe you should phrase that a little different. What do you think weatherization <laughs> in Illinois should do? How about that? Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Still a little heavy. Why don't you just say, well, what would you do in a perfect world? <laughs> um. Again, I would say that um, – that we need to have a little bit, I think, the, I think specifically um, we are, you know, we're, we're getting more into healthy home evaluation, evaluator certifications. I think that we need to know a little bit more about that. I think that, um, and I think that we need to test, we need to um, expand, we need to know facts where, you know, what we do in weatherization is, is not just, is, is ideally, based on facts, not opinions. And until, you know, if we, if we can't figure out how to get 
um, some diagnostics in here, especially when it comes to healthy homes, and then also have a process for healthy home evaluation, then we're never gonna, that's our first step. Okay, so uh, Doug and his cat are going to yeah. uh, give us the my coworker. Yeah, your coworker. Right. Doug and his uh, chroma keyed cat. No. Exactly. But, I, right, yeah. I, Thank you, I can't. I can't add uh, much to this. I mean, we're. I think most of us are working in the field of of education, and and we can all see the need for it. Every time I go out to a horribly broken house, I just think, wow, if only, if only these people knew a little better, they probably could have done this without all these problems. Um, and I think, I mean, this this is beyond pie in the sky, but there are a lot of externalities in the way our economy is run. So that um, healthcare impacts of bad housing are not paid for by the people who uh, are, are don't don't go to fix the houses. And if we could sort that out, it would work a lot better. Um, same thing with pollution. Pollution is free, and then the rest of us deal with the implications of that. Um, if we could put a better price on pollution, that would go a long way in solving it. But like I said, pie in the sky. Don't expect that'll happen. I'm just going to keep training carpenters. Thank you. <laughs> well, hey, that, that is pine. That is great stuff. So yeah. it all changes slowly. So yeah, Bob, you had something? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, mean, I was going to say, um, and I, I'm going to pick up on two things. You know, Kelly earlier um, uh, in the in the main section, uh, you know, talked about it'd be really helpful for the program providers to have those parameters, right, clearly defined for indoor air quality. And since the show is based on moisture and mold, yeah, moisture, I think we pretty much, we know what levels of moisture in building materials tend to make it more prone to having microbial growth. That's that's pretty much a known quantity. Uh, you know, as far as getting, you know, defining what's going to be acceptable levels of mold in the indoor environment. Good luck with that. That's never going to happen um, because there's just too many different constituents, too many different ways the, the you know, the whole medical relations to, you know, like what bothers me may not bother Kelly. What may not, you know, what may, may make Jay deathly sick. Mold is weird that way, you know, and it's just, I don't see us ever having what, what passes and fails. It's very dynamic and it's very individually, you know, your reactions, both from an IG response and, or, you know, uh, just, you know, just an annoyance response, right? Or, or very, it varies greatly. So I, that's a parameter we're not going to ever have. I, I just, I, we're, at least not in our foreseeable future, which is makes it very problematic to regulate and have uniform quality control. You're dealing with mold issues in buildings. Is what what's good? What's bad? What do we shoot for? Every time we as consultants, we we reinvent the wheel for every project. We come up with the parameters that pass or fail. I've done that so many thousand times in, you know, in these last 30 some years. Um, and I may be right. I may be wrong. But and then this is whole thing, you know, so so that's a tough one. Jay and uh, John both hit on, you know, like the education. And I think that's very true. Um, but is the tail wagging the dog? I don't I'm not 100 percent sure that this one side or the other, right? I think it's got to be a push pull. We've got to educate the general public and the consumers so they understand the value and they seek it in the workplace, like the whole healthy home mindset, right, uh, right, John? Um, is that marketplace there yet? Are the consumers seeking it? Maybe after this COVID pandemic more so, but it's still not really a mature, you know, are people really making money in the healthy home market right now? No. Right. So, so, so how do we evolve that? We have to evolve both sides. You have to, you know, and it's, you know, it's like chicken or egg, right? Which one do we develop the market or do we, you know, or do we develop the, the providers to the market? 
or are we oh, <clears throat> yeah well, I'll, I'll, I'll jump so but it, it's a, an evolution and part of the evolution is people are um attached to their energy bill and now how do we convert the the language so uh, i've tried to come up with a new way of talking about it. like the blower door is not an infiltration device it's a contaminant pathway measurement device. It's measuring a variety of things that move in and out of the house. So let's stop with air leakage and talk about all the things that come in with air. That's just one concept. The, the, the sooner we transition to energy and health are connected, that's when we start understanding A always equals B and B equals A as an overlap. So uh, at Hayward Score, we, we have 70,000 people. And I can tell you, if you tell us you have poor maintenance, you're like, I have deferred maintenance in my house. I can tell you that you probably have two to three more symptoms than somebody who has a well-maintained home. You probably have more odors. You probably have signs of water leakage. You could potentially have mold. These are like huge statistics that show up when you say, I have a poorly maintained home these things just jump off the charts with us. So you could drive down the neighborhood and be like, oh yeah, water damage, uh, odors, you know, a variety of stuff happening that we now understand. We are statistically beginning to understand the relationship between, you know, uh, bad workmanship, bad maintenance and the impact on the occupant. So it, it is, it, it's begun. We are now only going to make a better relationship between those two things. We're actually seeing, some, just like you were saying, Joe, we're actually seeing our connector are now talking about instead of like the scuttle or the attic hatch, that's now not just a place where we're losing heat, but that's where we're capturing contaminants from the attic coming into the house. Mm -hmm. That's way more effective to talk about that if you want to sell it than losing heat. So yes, right. <clears throat> changing the way they're talking about things already. So hopefully we right. the industry in, in place. Yeah, I think there has to be a marketing, you know, a marketing I'm not going to even say marketing shift, but a marketing evolution, right? You know, and how just we really have to evolve how how the terminology. Peter Trost has done a lot of presentations on that. Peter and I did that at, at the HBC last year, where we actually did a combined session talking about the, the messaging. I, I've been that's been one of my soapboxes. I usually do technical presentations at conferences, but I started talking about in the IQ industry the, the messaging, what resonates with the consumers, who are you who are you trying to provide services to, and what are their trigger points. You know, you can use the term, the term IAQ doesn't mean jack shit to most consumers. I'm sorry, it just doesn't. We all think it does because we we know the term. You know, these acronyms, we, we throw these things around, you know, in all these industries and, and the consumers don't know most of what we're talking about. So we need to, you know, the term healthy, a healthy home that kind of clearly defines itself. Right. And I think we have to think in terms of if we're going to try to pull the consumers along and educate them, we're going to have to also speak their language. So the last question I threw out to you guys in the background was, uh, do you have a, a resource you'd want to share or something that that's um impacted you or even a person or somebody like you know if you want to learn more here's where i learned from uh, if you have something uh, throw it out as a resource um and uh in, in the chat order just say what you got so uh doug you're shaking your head one way or the other what's something that you uh you would say you know what here's one place you could go and find some great information well i would say one of the things that uh, uh bill and i would probably agree on is the journal of light construction and fine home building both terrific resources for residential construction. And there are a few others out there as well. Absolutely. I totally agree. I, 
I've got one, so I'll, I'll do it. So the Healthy Indoors website has got phenomenal resources. The, the, the stuff that Bob has put together from the magazine to some of these shows, if you want to research something, add Healthy Indoors and then your topic, and you're going to find it from mold, asbestos, uh, anything that's happening. Uh, Bob does a great job of touching on those concepts and gives you a resource you can now look for. So I stole everybody's thunder by jumping ahead of that. So, um, Bill, do you have something that you also want? Uh, I uh, think of as a good resource for fo folks. Well, I gotta say uh, www.traintobuild.com, right, Joe? <laughs> sure, right. Yeah, but but I think that you know that a caveat on all this too is is that there's so much information on the internet that you got to be very careful about where you get it. You know, but the internet is an excellent resource. Uh, you know, I mean, I just watched a session this morning from Construction Instruction with La Liberté Cook and. Uh, Justin Wilson. And that's a pretty good thing that's going on. And they're starting to do some online stuff too. I'm not trying to take any thunder away from anybody else, but they're really technical and not necessarily so much healthy home. And I think healthy home is really where we need to go. That's where I want to go. Yeah. But for a builder, the, the their site, say it again, because it's a really great resource on how to install some of the materials that are new to the market. It's construction instruction, or they abbreviate it to CI. And it's a lot of uh, sponsored stuff. So it does come from a lot of manufacturers, but it's still good information. Kelly, you got anything for us? Yes, um, I just sent it in a link to you guys. Since we talked so much about client education and helping people kind of connect the air leakage with pollutants and stuff, if you haven't already seen it, the grandma's house video that we put together mm -hmm. based on some of Alaska's weatherization training materials in uh, 09, I want to say, it's just great. It's, you know, less than seven minutes long. It walks through how all the different pieces of the house interact and how that can affect energy and moisture and comfort and all of that. Are you going to promote SWS or can you explain what SWS is? And it's a, it's a resource for anybody who's doing something in a house. Yeah, so the standard work specifications or SWS are at sws.nrel.org.gov. They were developed also in from 20, 2009 to 2012. And they're essentially a form of a building code for home performance upgrades. And it's, um, it's meant to be not just for weatherization, but all the home performance industry. So if you are going to do this certain thing in a house, like treat an attic hatch, here are the desired outcomes and here are the standards you would be inspected to. There's also some uh, Weatherization X, which just comes out of uh, Montana. That's a great resource with Chris Dorsey's taking that on. Uh, Louise, uh, the, the LSU Egg uh, Center is another one that uh, Bill represents. Um, I'll throw out um, buildingscience.com. That's Joseph Stebrig's site. has great resources as they're well backed by, you know, valid science and data. Um, so there's, if you're going to get something, make sure you know what the source is. And we always, Kevin, I stress, you're the source of the source. So make sure you explain where you got your information from. It seems like a great, oh. Final thoughts, Bill, Bill. Bill's got a burning, burning. You issue can see right that, now. huh? I, I, well, it was obvious. You're you're moving forward toward the camera. It's <laughs> the like, body language. Well, one of the things talking about earlier on about things that you know what we'd like a problem and a, a solution because I'm down here in the hot, humid. What I end up seeing most of the information we get comes from a heating climate, and so that for the perfect example is six mil visqueen or a vapor control layer on the inside of the house, and I still see houses down here that they're putting that in, and so I think that 
we can, should, must do a better job of climate-specific education, whether it be with weatherization or just high-performance building stuff. That's a huge point, by the way. As an IAQ consultant over the years traveling around the country, um, I, I see so many uh, failed failed projects with designs, you know, Southwest design in the Northeast. Yeah. Not going to work, you know. Southwest design in the Southeast. <laughs> not going to work, <laughs> you know. So I'll ask all of our participants to uh, send me uh, one slide with your information and some other resources or something. We'll throw that on their webpage so <clears throat> people can have a figure out a way to contact you. That's one question we get a lot. How do I contact these folks? And uh, give us some of your resources that you have mentioned here or others so you didn't have to have time to think about. Yeah, we'll definitely put links to, uh, you know, wh whatever you would like up there. We'll put your email addresses or whatever contact info you want along uh, with the show uh, notes so you can have that there. So I guess uh, I guess we've we've taken it to the two thirty mark, which is way over what you all committed to. Um, and again, to any viewers that stayed with us this whole time live, uh, sorry we started a little bit late, but uh, the internet is not necessarily cooperating with us online streamers right now. It's clearly, you know, great content always, today. Yeah, it was. Yeah, this is phenomenal. I, you guys, I, we easily could take this for two more hours, uh, you know, and not run out of topics. Unfortunately, we've run out of time. So uh, with that, uh, you know, thanks so very much uh, to uh, Doug Horgan, Bill Robinson, Kelly Cutchin, uh, Jay West, uh, John uh, Mitchell, and of course, uh, you know, the, the ever-present Joe Medosh. I'd like to thank you guys uh, for joining us today and we'll see you next week. Uh, quick, uh, quick uh, promo for next week's show. Uh, the healthy indoor show will uh, be live streamed uh, next Thursday, one to 2 PM Eastern time. Uh, we have the house whisperer. Nate Adams is joining us. He's a regular uh, columnist for healthy indoors magazine, and he's been uh, working on this feature called badass HVAC. So we're actually going to be uh, talking with Mr. Badass HVAC himself uh, next week. That should be fun. And uh, with that, uh, thank you so much for joining us again. I'm Bob Krell, host for Healthy Indoors Show and the publisher of Healthy Indoors Magazine, and we will see you soon. Stay Thanks safe. all, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. See you guys.